You're listening to the Inspire Excellence Podcast, recorded at the BVA headquarters with your hosts, Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist. Each episode is focused on shedding new light on different perspectives to create dialogue that inspires excellence. Hey everybody, this is Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist coming to you with a special podcast of the Inspire Excellence. And once again, we have a dear friend and a culture guru, the president and CEO of ICCU, Kent Orem. Kent, thanks for being on the podcast and really let's just dive straight into it. The coronavirus has literally disrupted the entire world. How do you address culture? How do you address, what are you guys working on? That's that's been tough, you know. Culture, um, culture really works well in a friendly and happy environment, but 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 when you toss in fear, then things can start to get weird, uh, you know. And we've had our share of that, where people react with emotion and uh, they're worried about their own health, they're worried about the health of their families, they they don't want to be at work anymore. Uh, so we had to react in the last um, twenty days or so. We now have five hundred people working from home. Uh, and if I'd have said five, 20 days ago, we're going to have 500 people working from home by 331, no one in my organization would have believed that. No. And we, pull, we pulled off a, an electronic miracle through, you know, through some preparation. We had the equipment in place and, and the capacity in place. But So we, we did that in a triaged kind of way. We said, okay, you need to go home because of strategic reasons for our credit union, for our financial business. And you need to go home because you have underlying health conditions or someone that you love and live with also has those kind of conditions. And, and then the, le- the rest are left to, to, you know, and we spaced them all out because now we have 500 less people in a building that only had 700 people in it. You can imagine how much room you have. You can, you can space out just fine. Yeah. Hey, Tommy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. I was just going to say, Kent, um, gosh, I'm preparing for this last night. I was actually writing you an email saying, hey, here's all the things I want to talk about. And I realized how silly it was because I, I'm not just saying this, Kent. You spoke at our Inspire Excellence Summit two years ago and absolutely knocked it out of the park on how to build a culture around. How many employees do you have? Uh, 1,300 now. So 1,300 employees. And, and literally, you walked off the stage and everyone in the entire audience are like, that guy gets it. So I really want to talk to you on leading through a crisis how you're doing that. That's, that's like topic number one. How do you help people listening out there lead through a crisis? And that crisis may be at home. It may be in a small business. It may be in their work environment. There's just, how do you, how do you lead through a crisis? Number one, two is how do you deal with fear that your employees may be having? How do you acknowledge it? How do you help them? How do you give them the resources they need? And then what I really want to get in with you is here you are, you know, ICCU on every corner, you're part of communities all around the state. What, what can we talk about and learn from you today on how to how can you help us? The stimulus package is out. You know, you're you are our bank. You're the you're the you're the you're that's that's the relationship we have. What advice do you give? So huge agenda today. I don't know where we start, but huh. I want to try to get through a lot of that and uh, and let you kind of just listen to you, because I think your words are going to be very comforting and very inspiring and also provide a lot of direction for people that really need direction in their life right now. So, so with that intro, take whichever one you want and go for it. Hmm. I have a friend who unfortunately passed away a few years ago who uh, I admired deeply. And during the 2008 or nine recession, we were at a meeting and he said, what we need less of in the world is people who sit and do this and are worried and just, ah, ah, you know, I don't know what to do. And what we need more 
is calm, reassurance. And even, in, even if you don't feel that inside, uh, which sometimes I don't, that's what you have to portray. Yeah. So my messages are that way. My messages are heartfelt. Um, they tell the truth, but they don't attempt to scare anybody. Uh, early on, I shared an XM channel. I can't think of what it is right now that's been broadcasting Corona updates free to anybody with an XM radio for about four weeks now. And um, a lot of my team started to listen to that. Uh, it's been interesting to hear that evolve. Um, so I've just been super transparent, very, very transparent with my team. And so and encouraged everybody that I work with to be the same. And we've obviously shown our heart. Uh, that's what makes us different is, is we show our heart, not me. I'm not talking about me right now. I'm talking about the entire credit union that we, uh, we, just have a, we just have a big heart as a company and we share that and show that. We, right out of the shoot, we uh, restricted travel like everybody else and we had blowback from that. People who wanted to go see this or that and that was hard. That was hard to deal with because it's like, no, you can't. You can't go. You're going to put everybody at risk if you do. And, uh, you know, we had to quarantine people, people who made bad choices um, or choices. I don't say they're bad choices, but the choice resulted in a quarantine. Yep. You can't come to work until 14 days later. A whole bunch of those people came back to work yesterday, by the way. So that was pretty fun. Um, so as that evolved, though, uh, we did that very early, uh, I guess, time frame wise, when you, when you think about Idaho. We did that early. Uh, and that's proven to be a very, a very smart choice by our team to say, no, we've got to, we've got to restrict travel and try to do it in a way. Um, I, I don't know whether to share this or not, but I'm going to. We also did, um, for every employee working, we gave them what, what I called, sort of jokingly, the Corona bonus. And they all got that on Friday. Um, and it's, I, I guess for lack of a better word, it's for hazard pay. It's for just everything that we're going through right now and everybody and people were so appreciative of that i don't think you can buy love at all but i, I certainly think you can show it mm -hmm. you know i i, I want to go back to one of our original interviews that we had with you kent and you talked about something that really was profound to me and then i took into my own culture at our own company you talked about and i'm going to paraphrase this but basically leading with your weakness or leading with vulnerability and saying, hey, here's the things that are happening. And I think that translates into being transparent, being upfront, and being honest, but also recognizing this is not the end of the road. This is not a brick wall. This is just a new landscape, and we have to shift gears. Yeah. You know, the, we're, ha we're actually having a little bit of fun with this essential employee thing. And we always knew that financial institutions would be essential. Of course we're essential. You know, what are people going to do without their money? Um, so we knew we'd be essential forever. So we've been kind of having some fun with that. What does it mean to be essential? What does that, what does that say to your friends and family when you are and they aren't? You know, it's like <laughs> you can hold that up to them a little bit. I'm essential and you're not. So we're having some fun with it. Um, at the same time, that's a scary thing because people are out in the public. And um, so when we closed our branch lobbies, I, I was petrified to do that. I thought the, the community would flare back at that. And exactly the opposite happened. Uh, exactly the opposite. Our members love us. Yeah. And at the globe, I've watched BVA do this. It's not, it's not the end of the world. It's the introduction of a new landscape. And it's just the adjustment. Even with my own team, I talk to them about this. I say, guys, it's just adjusting to the new landscape. In a truck, you shift gears. You downshift or you upshift. But because we're in a global crisis, we have a community obligation as leaders 
to show how do we successfully shift gears. And, and I think that's important to let people hear and, and point out. For us, we've done it uh, uh, in our business. We've rotated shifts to make sure that we have uh, getting rid of the essential and non-essential. I said, listen, guys, I don't think anyone is, is either or. I think everyone is wanted and needed, but we're going to do shifts. The office is going to be available to five or less people in our system uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays, and that's service. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, the office is ava available to sales. We host our video conferencing calls. We're actually finding more efficiency because we have more time to focus. I don't know if you're feeling that, Tommy, as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was just thinking. Um, so last night, just to tell a real quick personal story, we spent probably two weeks ago, literally, I don't know how many hours on the phone every day as a leadership team, just saying, okay, this is our new reality. How are we going to respond? And I think those conversations were honest. I think those conversations were, were hey, th this could be scary in a lot of ways for lots of our businesses. And we sat writing out a business plan of how to get through this. And I think once we were through that initial triage, if you will, and I'm going to go back to my old ER days, but it's kind of like it's kind of like the critical patient. The 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 you know you're sitting in the ER, the phone rings, you hear the screaming in the background, you know something really really bad's coming in, right? And what you do in the ER is you don't even know what it is yet. You're waiting at the ambulance doors, and you're standing there saying, "Okay, I don't know what this is for sure." but I know I've got my respiratory therapist. I know I've got my nurses. I know I've got my team. Everyone's on call and whatever rolls through that door together, we're going to handle it. And together yeah. we're going to make sure everything's hooked up right. And we're doing the right thing and the right person's getting in at the right time. And I think that was phase number one for us was let's get ready to triage this. Okay. Going back to the analogy, then the patient comes in, you figure out what it was, you triage them and you stabilize them. And as soon as they're stabilized, they're stabilized, right? You're still paying attention. You got them on the monitor. You know, you're meeting often at the bedside. You're saying, hey, what are the vital signs? How are we doing? Are we tweaking the ventilator? But but it's critical. The patient is still critical, but you're stable. And then we've kind of gone into the next mode, which is, okay, the patient's stable. We're out of the room and we're on to the next thing. And, and last night, I, I don't know if I feel guilty or not about telling this, but we spent last night with Troy at my house coming up with a new business venture. And the excitement and energy of there is an opportunity in this new world to go help people and at the same time start a new business. So Kent, I'd love to hear your take on banking, but you were prepared for this. And I was telling you this before we got on the podcast. I'm a customer. Your online presence, your ability to bank with you is second to none. You just finished a facility that's state of the art where you have all of your own servers, backups, technology ready to go. So I said, I said to you kind of in joking, I said, hey, the CEO must have known a thing or two about getting ready for a crisis. But you did, right? So for you and, and knowing your infrastructure and how ICCU prepared for this, you're on the leading edge of technology. You were ready for this. Are you also looking at this as how do we take an, uh, the, 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 the crisis we're in? Patient is critical. But how do we look for other opportunity? Is that kind of where your head is already now? Well, for sure. You know, the, this, the facility that you're referring to, um, we built it for another reason. We built it because we're growing so fast that we had to have more capability and more technology and more horsepower, more firepower. And we, and we know we needed all that. 
And so we've been preparing that for about five years. And so it rolled, uh, it went, everything came live in uh, August, September last year, a monumental, a monumental amount of work. Uh, but look what it did for us. So sometimes you prepare for one thing and another thing comes along and it's like, yeah, that, all right, that, that looks pretty smart right now. Um, so, uh, you know, with I guess when you talk about opportunity, I think the opportunities right now are, are for us to cement relationships um, mm. and that to create loyalty in a, in a group. Like just imagine how many small business loans we have out to people who run restaurants or small stores or a variety of businesses that are closed. And if we can be the facilitator to help them with, especially with the government programs that you and Ryan talked about yesterday, if we can be the, the, the focus of that and the energy behind that, just imagine how we can cement those folks and how much they'll uh, appreciate us later and, and, bring, and bring more and more and more when they get back on their feet, because they will get back on their feet. You know, a, a few will fail and darn it, we'll help them get back on their feet too. But the ones that make it through it um, with the help from whatever programs there are, just imagine uh, how they're going to feel about their financial institution. And that's not just us. That's all the institutions in Idaho that are just killer institutions. They're going to do such a great job with their customers through this time. And Ken, this is Troy. One of the things I want to point out is the definition of lucky. Webster's Dictionary defined it as a, as a sudden windfall of unexpected opportunity, either financially or otherwise. Seneca the Elder in 1 AD defined it as the preparation for opportunity when it arises. And in that definition, you guys were sincerely lucky. You were prepared yeah. for the opportunity to serve your clients in this downtime. But if you can go uh, talk to the uh, what is going on? You're you're a financial institute. What's going on with the loan programs, and what's what's the latest and greatest that you're hearing out there? So I, I'm not as smart as Seneca, so I just say it more simply. It's that luck is luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparedness. Damn. Um, yeah. So that's what I, I've been, I've said. I, I learned that from my boss. We've been saying that for 30 years, yeah. and it is so true. It it proves itself out over and over and over. Um, let me, let me touch on one point before I get to loan programs. And that's Tommy and I had a conversation just last week and it was like, man, we have this great big building under construction. Should, should we stop? Should we go? Uh, you know, com commercials allowed, construction's allowed. What should we do? And the conversation was about people. It wasn't about the building. It was about the workers. Yeah. Hey, before we, you before know, we leave this, before we leave this, I do want to, I've, I've, uh, it's been fun for me in the last week, but it's also been kind of challenging to field calls because between texts coming in, people saying, Hey, give me, give me, shoot me back a text, call me. I have some, I need some advice from you. <laughs> um, it's been fun, but I, I promise you, no matter what the call is, whether it's a medical call or a business call or a friend or whatever, I'm starting the conversation the same way and reminding people how, how we are defined as individuals, Kent, how you will be defined as the CEO of ICCU, how you're defined as a company, how we're defined as communities largely will be, be unwritten and it will be, it will be, uh, it will be portrayed by how we react during this crisis. So, mm -hmm. so how you will define yourself as a company and a CEO will be how you treat people, how you treat your employees, how you treat your customers during a crisis. What happens in a crisis? And, and I'm going to go back to the ER because I love going there. Lots of years working in the ER and, and there's lots of doctors you would work with. When a crisis rolled through the door, you really saw the underbelly of who that person really was, right? For if sure. You saw, you saw people get short and blame and criticize yes. others. And guess what? Those did not go well. 
you saw people get scared and pull out and you'd be, you'd be looking around the room saying, Hey, where did Dr. So-and-so go? And they'd be standing out in the hall, right? Or you found that quiet, confident leader that was treating everyone well, communicating well, calmly assessing the situation and providing leadership. Leadership rises to the surface during a crisis. Humility, humanity, compassion rise to the surface during a, during a crisis. And so I, yeah. that's how I start those conversations is remember, you will be defined for the rest of your career largely by how you respond during this. And I think it sets the tone and makes people go, yeah, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. I can lead. Mm-hmm. People know how to lead. And this crisis will allow people to learn how to lead and grow. It'll allow people to learn how to depend on others and find humility. But anyway, enough that's on so, that. But I, no, that's so true. The other thing that it does is you lead with culture. I just shared this with a, a group of men and women that are young business leaders. And Kent, ICCU really embodies this. If you look at it this way, culture is truly an investment into an insurance policy. So when you give more in culture than you do in other areas, maybe you're paying someone that is that the accountant can say you can get away with cheaper. Maybe you're allowing more flexibility in work hours that your operator says, well, you should you should document that. You're investing in that culture as an insurance policy. Every once in a while, when you look at your home mortgage insurance policy, when you look at your car insurance policy, you might go, God, it sucks that I pay this. But when you get in that car accident and you go, thank goodness and thank God I had insurance, that's what culture does. And right now, those culture companies like ICCU, like BVA, like Tavuti, every one of my team has said, hey, boss, before you even ask, we got your back. We're not laying people off. We're actually hiring. We're re- we're re-looking at things, but I, I want to share with you guys what we've done to come up with other leadership areas. First, I agree with you, Tommy. Leaders have to stay calm, cool, and collected. Secondly, we have to figure out how to offer new ways to congregate, new ways to communicate, new ways to collaborate. In our society, everything has been, if you're down, I'll take you out for a drink. If you need an uplift, I'll take you out to eat. What do we do? I shared with you, Tommy, what we did and can't. I'm going to offer this up to you as well. I got two acres in Meridian and I hosted a group get together at a drive-in movie theater. I got two acres and I got a barn. I dropped a tarp. (laughs) We bought an FM modulator and said, we're going to have our company meeting, but we're going to do a drive-in movie theater. Nobody gets out of the car. Nobody does nothing. I will tell you that went out of the park. What I'm pointing out is we as leaders got to rethink this and retrain our yeah. brain to find other Rubik cube solutions that allow community culture and positivity to stay on top. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, that's one of the things that I'm, I don't know that I'm struggling, but you know, it is, you can find yourself getting down just a little bit yeah. and then you have to snap out of it. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm in snap mode right now. And, um, so, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to help a lot of opportunities to share a lot of opportunities to be good and you can do it in good, safe ways. Yeah. So banking, what about banking? Banking, let's transition. Yeah, yeah banking, banking is crazy. Um, this isn't 2008 for banks. Uh, we're, banks and credit unions are super strong going into this. The economy was hot going into this and we're well capitalized, very, very strong up and down the line. I'm not saying it's not gonna get hard for us. 
Uh, I sent a message out just yesterday afternoon, heard a little rumbling about layoff chatter in our employees and sent out a message and said, no, it's not on my watch. That's not happening. You know, let's calm the waters. Um, and it, it could get tough. It could get tough for banks too. I mean, you know, when you start talking about saying, hey, why don't we defer payments for 12 months? It's like, oh, how, how's that going to work out? You know, we need cash flow also. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll be through it. We're stronger than we were in 2008 and 9. Uh, I feel comfortable and confident that we'll be able to get through just fine and that we'll be able to help people along the way. We have people who are digging in deep trying to figure out SBA stuff that's really going live today and, and trying to figure out, you know, just last night at 10 o'clock at night, there was another guidance issue from the SBA and, and it's going to be nonstop for the next few, you know, few weeks as they continue to, to flesh out these programs. And we have to stay on top of that because there's somebody who has to be able to interpret all this. That's and right. uh, that, that's, our, that's our folks and that's what we're going to do. Uh, we, we're, we're processing, uh, two weeks ago, we were doing two or three maybe extensions or skip deferment, you know, payment deferments on auto loans or RV loans or whatever. Um, we're doing four and 500 a day right now. What? So, uh, I mean, there are people who are really struggling right now and that volume has gone from two or three a day to three or 400 a day. Uh, and, you know, and we'll work our way through that. That's, this is what we do. The worst case projections are 75% maybe employment or 25% unemployment. Well, that means 75% of the people are still going to be fine. They're going to yeah. be just fine. And we can live with that. We can help the other 25 if it gets that bad. I hope it never gets that bad. But if it does, we'll help them. Yeah. When you say deferment payment, are you saying that the, that your bank or your institute is, is is having people call up and say, can I just not make my payment? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, for sure. So people are asking, can, can I skip April? Can I skip May? And we try to keep that short because none of us know how long this is going to be. It came on like, you know, like a brush fire. How's no. it going to go out? You know, will it go out like a brush fire? Because they go out fast too. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, so we're trying to keep those deferments short on the short side to say, well, no, let's not commit ourselves for a year. Well, you know, let's see what the let's see what April and May look like in June, maybe. Um, on the other hand, our mortgage programs, those have to conform with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Federal Home yeah. Loan Bank. And so we follow those programs, which right now are six month deferments are available. And even then you don't have to take six. You can take two or three if you, if you want, if you're the consumer. So we're working through we're working through all those programs, trying to make some sense of that for the borrowers. Ken, how does that affect credit on deferment on mortgages? Out of curiosity, the, it doesn't affect credit at all. The the credit reporting is suspended, so it doesn't show up against you negatively at all. Wow, that is fantastic! Yeah. I yeah. guarantee our listeners don't know that. I guarantee it. Yeah. How so the nice the nice thing about it again, we have to remember is that we're not trying to help the 80 or 90% of the people who are gonna be just fine. That's not what this is intended for. And so we'll sort, we did triage just like Tommy does in the ER. We say, hey, tell me your financial health. And then we triage it. Yeah. Uh, and so we're trying to help people who really need it. Um, yeah. So it's not available to 100% of the, of the folks out there. It's available to the people who actually need it. Yeah, that's right. I love that you shared with us and I'll, I'll add to that. Even I get in down modes even as community leaders, we need to all admit that. I'll tell you what uplifted me because this is what Tommy and I believe in, inspire, uplift, and serve. What uplifted me last night is going to Tommy's house and just having a fellowship of, we're going to put all the negative aside and what is it that we can come up with? I, I got to be honest, 
I got home at, I must've been 11, 15. I got home midnight and my wife was like, what did, what are you taking? You're high on life. And it was Tommy's ability and our, our two other business partners, Christopher and Matt Rabe. It was their ability to really look at things from a glass half full versus half, half empty. And it was energizing. I mean, energizing. So as leaders, we need that congregation. We need that fellowship. I need to hear from you. I need to hear from Tommy that, yeah, you guys still get down, but you snap back. I love yeah. that. My favorite thing is every morning at 8.30, we connect on Zoom right now with my executive leadership team. And the, the first two or three times we did, it was a little bit gloomy. Uh, yeah. And this morning, this morning was the best. It was back just like we were sitting around the room together and kind of chattering a little bit, making fun of each other's backgrounds. I mean, we were having all sorts of fun. And that, that's, what we, that's what we need to be at. I said, so did anybody, was there an emergency yesterday? Because that's, that's our new bellwether is, was there an emergency yesterday? <laughs> and we made it all the way through Monday with no emergencies. So it was a great celebration today. That is awesome. Hey, Kent, um, I do, uh, sticking on banking for a minute. Yesterday, yeah. we had a uh, podcast that Ryan Cleverly did yep. on uh, how do you p apply for some of the stimulus money. And then we actually send out a, it was a PDF. It was called the Small Business Guide to Accessing the Stimulus Money. Yeah. And it had a lot of details in it. So we've already got a lot of information out there. But before we leave the banking part of it, I know it's going to change a lot. That's one thing you already said is, is, is watch for these regulations to change a little bit. Have a relationship with your institution. So you have experts that are going to follow this, that are going to be able to help people. Anything yeah. else, any other advice you would give to our listeners out there on, I mean, it's all unknown, but, but as the CEO, as, as, as the one we're looking to for wisdom, any, any other thoughts on that? You know, uh, we're sort of an independent bunch, aren't we? Um, and we don't like to ask for help until, you know, so my advice to people that are struggling is, Hey, it's a virus. You didn't see it coming. Ask for help. Ask for it now. Ask for, ask before it's too late. Come to us when there's still some hope for your business, you know, uh, just, just drop the, the pride just a little bit, man. We're so independent. We just want to fight our way through it no matter what. And, uh, sometimes we need some help. Yeah, awesome. it's that stiff upper lip is what it, what we got to start getting rid of and start talking about community and leading with vulnerability. Let's leave the podcast with this. And I just have this sign in the office. This is actually Tommy's sign. What and is I, that? I think it says it best. Glass half full versus glass half empty. Yeah. Can you see that? Uh, yeah, I can't see that. I can't see that. They're both full. Yeah, <laughs> they're both full. <laughs> That's, you know, that's a, that Kent Sager's, that's Kent Sager's sign. And I'll tell you a little story about it. So uh, Kent Sager uh, is our chief of staff here and he's, you know, he's been in the business world for 40 plus years and it's just a super wise person. He's worked for fortune 100 companies. He's worked for startups. He's just the guy you go to for wisdom. And he's kind of our culture warrior within the office. Uh, he's the guy that we've we've tasked with. Hey, you make sure we're staying true to our values. You make sure that anyone that comes on board knows our values, and you help us and tune us up when we need a kick in the in the pants on on our culture of values. And so that's his role, and he does a great job at it. But I walked by his office yesterday when I walked in, and and we're just to let everyone know we are completely isolated. Our office was like two or three people, so it's not like we're all hanging out here. But I walked by and I, I noticed that sign, and I immediately I called him. I said, hey, Kent, what's up with the new sign in your office? And he said, listen, 
every single day, every minute, every employee is going to have that option to say, is it half empty or is it half full? He said, we are going to be a half full company and I'm going to demand that our employees are half full employees. Uh, it's just the way we're going to do things. Um, it's it's the way we're going to look at life and we're going to get through this together. And I said, I love you, man. Give me give me a big hug. But that, that's what, what a great message, right? Yeah. So my, you know, I've quoted Tommy, my daddy, a few times, LSH or I'm the car salesman. And he used to say, when you look at glasses like that, they're both full. One's got water in it. The other's got air, but they're both full. Oh, yeah. I love that. Hey, I want to leave you. I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. First of all, the U.S. banking system is strong, strong and stable. Uh, electronic processing capabilities have never been better. Everybody worries a little bit about now and then with the, you know, cash. What about cash? Well, cash is nasty, dirty. You should leave it where it belongs in vaults. Uh, and I, you know, you, you always, be, you have to be careful about talking about cash because some people get a little edgy about that. My, my own father-in-law is pretty edgy about that. And, and it just, just trust the systems. They're, they're functioning a hundred percent and the banking system is strong and stable and well capitalized. Um, this challenge that we're at, that we're facing seems to be unprecedented, but I have faith uh, in in a, in a bright future. So I'll leave you with that. Hey, you guys, thank you so much, Kent. As always, your the takeaways for me as I'm hearing culture uh, lead with your vulnerability. Ask if you need something before it's too late. Uh, the glass is half full. Either way, it just got air or it's got <laughs> in. And uh, with with leaders leading with the triage and the calmness. We will always inspire excellence throughout Idaho. Once again, thank you so much one, for being one, on. one more thing. One more thing, Ken. I just <laughs> yeah, I you got it. I got to have one more thing. I just right. I want to I want to I want to publicly and personally thank you um, for one one thing specifically. You know, we have a, we have a deep friendship, but it is so comforting. And I would also give this advice to anyone listening out there: find a cohort of people that build you up. Whoever that is, find friends that you can trust that are authentic. That, that you that you you just you, that inspire you and can't I love being able to call you I love being able to talk to you every mm-hmm. single time I get off the phone with you I feel better about life I feel better about me and what I'm doing you have an innate ability to lift people and just heaven bless you for what you do we, we love you and appreciate you and I'll probably be calling you tomorrow about some other thing but thanks for coming on with us I yeah. know this will help people hey, listen to I want to I want to give one little shout out to my lovely wife who's uh, laying up in her bed on Day 15 of a total knee replacement. She was walking wow. on day three, no walker on day six. She's at 130 and a minus 10 on flexion and extension. And this lady is a trooper. And her, um, you know, just watch her and how can you not have hope? Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, brother. That leaves to you. Inspire Excellence, good to see you. Inspire Excellence Idaho with Tommy Alquist, Troy McLean, and special guest Kent Orem. Get out there. Have a great day. See ya. You've been listening to the Inspire Excellence Podcast. We invite you to find something that inspires you this week. Join us again for our next episode.